0: everyone, welcome to Stage Directions. I'm Ashley Griffin, your theatrical Hermione Granger. And today I am joined by the wonderful Kevin Ray Johnson, who is a performer, writer, director. Um, He works with wonderful theater companies and he is a blogger for the OnStage Network. Um, So hi, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me, I appreciate it.
0: So just, I guess start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your theatrical journey and how you got started um how you got connected to on stage I'm sure a lot of our listeners have read your wonderful features and yeah. spotlight profiles I was honored to be profiled by you recently
1: Yeah um well I just, like theater has always been in my life um my um mother ran a theater company called Miss Mary's Playhouse in Minnesota Aww. and yeah that was like the first time I was ever I guess like the Wizard of Oz movie kind of like opened that door for me or cracked that door open. Cause like my mom said, when I was a, a young, young kid, I would always quote all the lines from the, sh- the movie. Yeah, and that then, sounds
0: like, like me. That sounds exactly
1: yeah. like me. She said like, and all my cousins always tell me, like they always like jokingly say to me, I'll bide my time. Cause I guess that was like my favorite line in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but um like um, my mom ran a theater company and she did a, she did a musical called Pearly, which is a, yes. an all black musical. And it's one of, the the second act, um, there's a song called First Thing Monday Morning. And wh- I just remember being just in awe, just in the amazement of like, I was like eight or nine years old and just hearing these booming black men, these baritone voices. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. <laughs> like wow. in that moment, this is what I wanted to do. And then like, so it was always around me. I would do theater classes and I was always in like, per- like I would do things like that, but I got really serious about it like I guess I'll be later on in the game like I was around 15 or 16 that's when I was like okay this is I could I might could have a career in this and then like when I did my like I did musicals in high school but when I did my first musical in college which which was Oliver Mm -hmm. I was like okay this is what I want to do I was like point blank and um and where where did you go to school I went to school um I attended Montgomery College in Rockville Maryland it's a it's a two-year school Mm -hmm. um very underrated theater program there like you'd be like it's it's pretty amazing I know Um. Brad, I think Brad Oscar from the Adams Family, that's yeah. where he started and things like that. Um, but like, yeah, he, um, it, it was a great program. And I, I went there then like, I had the choice to, you know go to a four year school, like to transfer, but I just, I didn't finish because I, I just wanted to jump into the, the career, yeah. the industry. And so like, I remember like, you know, thinking like, all right, I'm just gonna try to give a year or something of this. And if nothing happens, I'll just, I'll go back to school. Like, you know, that's the safe sure. route and luckily I was fortunate enough within like you know a year and a half to get to book a national tour with the Kennedy Center's Theater for Young Audiences so like my mom my mom and like I we both were like okay you're like actually really this is what you want to do I'm like yeah this is the road I I've paid for me this is what I want to do so yeah I was I, that's just pretty much hasn't been my career I've been blessed and fortunate enough you know my even with the pandemic been like you know working at least in one show at least a year ever since and things like that it's it's been it's been a blessing for that and um yeah but like you know and then like when I was at Montgomery College um that's when I really started getting into writing I would take creative writing classes and things like that and around 18 or 19 because I forgot to say this I moved from Brooklyn Park Minnesota to um Germantown Maryland when I was um 15. Oh well yeah so like it was it was um I mean like the, to move through high school for any kid is tough while you're in high school, it's a tough thing, but like that's, so yeah, I started, I remember I started getting journals. I started writing journals and things like that. And then like those things started to turn into like little short stories and stuff I would write just for fun. And then I started getting serious about it when I was 18, 19 and I knew I wanted to like, cause I got into shows. I was like, I was always fascinated with like how a show was made, yeah. you know? I was like, oh I was like, how, like, how did this get made? You know, so like I, started taking creative writing classes, like playwriting classes and things like that. And that's when I just started really getting into playwriting, mm-hmm. which um, turned into like my my first play, which was a play called Life Inside an Open Cage, which was like chronicling my life while living with diabetes, mm-hmm. you know? And then the other play, then after that I started working on a play called The Unpricable Times, which, you know, is a play that like, you know, I've been working on to this day. It's been over 15 years. It's been fun like that. And yeah, it's just like, that's been another fun little... Journey for me because I think the one thing I like most about playwriting is that you don't really have a time mm-hmm. table, you don't have like a, a deadline, you can take as much time as you need with the project. Yeah. You know, like yeah. Lynn Manuel took six years before he actually like did something with Hamilton, which is like I find things like that inspiring, like you don't need to like rush with anything.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I like- also love the fact that you can do it anywhere at any time because pretty much any other job in the theater to to bigger or lesser degrees you kind of have to wait for someone to give you an opportunity like you know exactly. to do it but writing you can do it on the subway you can do it in your bedroom you can do it anywhere in any time and no one has to hire you in order for you to be able to do it
1: and and like inspiration can hit you at any time mm-hmm. like it, it can hit you at any time would it be like a full length play a 10 minute play like yeah. no matter what you can get inspired at any time and then so like yeah so that was happening and then like I started to really get into just all aspects of theater and, and all aspects of writing and things like that and that's like when I got in I just remember getting introduced to on stage blog like 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 this many many years back and I just remember loving all the content from Onstage stage blog I just love I love that like throughout I think every every artist I'm pretty sure you've gone through it all this stuff they go through this thing where like where teachers try to tell you how miserable and stuff your career is gonna be. Like it's gonna be- <laughs> yeah. Is this like like okay? We know that, but the one the one and like I the one thing I love about Chris Peterson is that he 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 gives a reality of what ha- can happen in this industry with certain topics he writes about yeah but he doesn't, he doesn't like it to me it's never come off pessimistic in any way mm-hmm. like I don't think I don't think he, he's I don't think he's saying like this is happening so therefore it could happen to you it's just like <laughs> right you know, it's that like which like he's just like I'm reporting what's going down right now yeah and you may not like to hear it but you need to hear that this is what's going on in our industry. And I remember like, you know, talking to some people, even like, you know, my mom and other people were like, wow, I didn't know. I'm like, yeah, mom. Wow. It it's like that sometimes, mom. she's like, And people were like, wow, I never, I was like, yeah. And I remember there was, there was a situation that happened um, where he was very, he, like, I reached out to him and he was a very, he was very helpful and very he looked out for me things like that. And then um, after that I wrote an article and I just was like, cause I saw that he had guests, writers sometimes on on stage blog and i thought it was like i don't know why Just because i was just like okay shot in the dark i've never written anything like this so he'll probably like no you know and it it was it was basically um an article which was titled which has made its rounds a lot through all the years which is stop asking black performers to talk blacker during auditions
0: yes i didn't realize you're the one who wrote that article that's a really great article i've read it a few times
1: yeah like it's it's um yeah I'm like I remember Chris like I asked him out and like the one thing I was I've always been a sponge when it comes to that side of writing. so I was like any advice you can give me and he was and he always would give me like some little pointers here and there but he I remember he I remember like he, I sent it to him he read, He's like yeah this is great I'll post it And um, awesome. and it, it in that moment it felt good and it felt bad at the same time and I said this recently when it got posted again and started making its rounds yeah the, um that I was like it, it feels good to know that I'm not alone but it, it sucks to know that I'm not alone but right you know what i mean yeah I was like, it feels good to know i was like this but i'm like oh so many people this has happened to so many people and then um after that i just was like with the onstage blog thing like the, the um interview series that i have it kind of um i'm not sure if it's even organically happened I, it was just like me wanting to stretch myself as a writer yeah. and like i just like see like how chris would write articles and then like I even like I'll even go like even like the likes of Ben Brantley and things like that like the one thing you can you can like disagree with what he writes but like I stay engaged the entire time even if it's like even like you know if it's annoying me or pissing me off like (laughs) I I stay engaged with the entire article yeah that really fascinated me just that side of writing and I'm like I think just like some people are just really good at it way better than I'll ever be at it and um so I just remember like reaching out. The first interview I ever did was with Kyle Scatliff, who um, was um, in late, the revival of Les Mis. He played Andros, and then he went on to play Harple in the revival of Color Purple. He played mm-hmm. Lafayette and and um, Thomas Jefferson and. Oh so good. Yeah, like and he um played um he's he's in Tequila Kill before it before Shut Down and um just a stupidly talented actor and it's a really cool down-to-earth guy like a lot of people I think a lot of people who live outside the industry think that like these Broadway performers are these like things that are just untouchable yeah, <laughs> and, I, yeah. and they're 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 humans just like everyone else and um yeah. I reached out to him and asked him, I was like hey man can I like write a a feature about you mm-hmm. and I remember like he was really cool about. It. I was like yeah sure and I, I just was like i'm gonna i guess i'll just send you questions that you can answer them i think that might be the way to go because i i had no clue what i was doing you know so i was just, and i just i wrote it and he was like yeah and then, like he was like these are like the right questions to ask kevin he's like don't because like i really am not someone who wants to i just i'm always in, intrigued to know about the actor and things like that yeah I, like if anyone everyone who listens to this whoever has come across my interview series just know i have no hidden agendas, there's nothing behind it. I just really want to give artists a chance to shine. I want to give an artist that's performing on Broadway, or an artist that's performing regionally, trying to make, make their way up the same mm-hmm. shine as I would give a performer on Broadway. It's just, that's what it is. There's nothing deeper behind it. Cause I know there's some actors who I've reached out to who I get like 21 questions from. Like, why do you want to do this? What's, mm-hmm. what, what's your motive? And I'm just like, there's no motive. It's just, yeah. I, I followed your career. I actually saw you in a show. I think it's fantastic yeah you're, you're great and I just would love to give you some shine and like so like either way like he um he he let me write it and then like it did the rest was just like kind of history I was like okay this is kind of fun and I kind of want to keep doing this so I reached out to other performers that I really admired like in Jelani Aladdin who was Christoph in Frozen mm-hmm. um Lily Cooper which was it was so cool because like I wrote her an article I wrote a feature about her then like a year later she got nominated for a Tony I was like oh that's cool mm-hmm. and then like then I re- I remember, and I'm pretty sure Chris, if he listens to this, he'll probably remember, there was a moment where he said like, it was a status that I saw on his personal page or on the Onstage Blog page where it was like, you know, we at Onstage Blog want to like give the coverage to like everyone. And that means like, and that even means the Broadway performers to like, you know, community theater performers. Like we want everyone, we want to like, get get the news out there for everything. And I remember like that kind of like clicked in my head, like, okay, Kevin, Don't just do Broadway performers, you know, like reach out to regional performers, reach out to like artists who have never really, so that was just like my goal. And like, he's, Chris has kind of like, you know, been hands off, but he, every single time he's given me advice, it's been really solid advice. He's like, yeah, he's, he's really good. And he's really down to earth. And like, there, and like, even like, I've learned more about him uh like you know when it comes to this side of right I learned more from him than I think he'll ever know like he has really helped me like as like you know like some people like you know in the playwright world helped me like he definitely helped me when it came to like the journalism blogging world yeah, so, yeah.
0: well Chris we know you're listening to this and we both love you and think you're brilliant and
1: yeah. awesome <laughs> um
0: now I know you also work um with youth theater a lot. You you started in youth theater and you have a youth theater that you're working with now. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how you got involved and what that program is like?
1: Well, um, like the, the theater was originally founded by actually my wife and um yeah, like my wife and like um a, a wonderful teacher, vice principal in the Sarasota area named Jacob Rusko. He, he's the, he's the, that was his, that was his, you know, blueprint and all that stuff. And it's a company called Rise Above Performing Arts. And when I first met my wife Rachel, it was five years ago in the production of Ragtime. We both played little, um, little featured parts. Like I played Matthew Henson, mm-hmm. and I was in the ensemble. And she played a character called Bridget, which was like the the maid who like freaks out when someone walks in. Like so, yeah. we had like you know, I've understudied the part of Cole House before, and I hope it's still played one day. But um, yeah, we were both in the ensemble. And we just gravitated toward each other and we and the rest was history and the one thing i learned about her then was that she worked with children a lot out there and stuff like that and i just i've always blown away with people who can work with children and have the level of patience like there was they were doing a children's production of lion king when i was dating her and there was like over 100 kids in it it had to have been she said like there are like 90 kids like an elementary school production and she knew everyone's name like i things like that fascinated me like how she could say everyone's name and things like that and like i remember um that's around the time I met Jacob who runs rise above performing arts. And he gave me the opportunity to um, just direct one of my favorite scenes in theater, Mm -hmm. which is the scene where like, you know, Scar, uh, I mean, Simba returns and Scar pretty much they're confronting each other and Scar whispers, like I killed Mufasa. Like, that's one of my favorite scenes Mm -hmm. just, I just think it's just done so well. And he gave me a chance to like just direct it. And like, he was such a nice opening welcoming guy. And then like, you know, a year and a half later or two years later, that's when his his brainchild came, came to life in Rise Above Performing Arts. And it started just at a performing arts center where like they would put on shows and things like that. And like, I, I, at the time I was like, you know, I was a member of the board and things like that. And I, you know, since then I'm still helping out, but I'm not like, you know, connected to it with that way anymore. But um, yeah, I would come in like, you know, as a creative artistic advisor and things like that. And like, you know, my and I and I like explained it to like the kids there I was like what I wanted to do and what I where I came in was like there are going to be kids who do theater for fun theater is a fun outlet when we're all growing up I think it's a great thing to give you know thing to like for kids to do but there are there there are those handful of kids who are like this is what I want to do you know like and like my thing wasn't to like come in and tell them how tough it was going to be I was like I'm just going to give you an idea of what you should expect if you decide to go to like a new york yeah. or a chicago and things like that and i'm like and i'm like the reality of new york isn't like you know how it is when you visit there as a kid and you're walking up and down midtown for a couple of days yeah and you're going to see a couple of broadway shows i was like i want to give you like a, a reality of it like you know take the subway don't stay in a hotel take like if you have friends out there stay with them you know get, give you an idea of what like being a performer in new york is like it's like yeah. you know lots of walking, (laughs) things like that, so, like, you know, and there'll be kids who gave me wonderful advice, and there's some kids who are flourishing, that's great, that they, they, some of them are at Monteclair State, some of them are at Pace, like, a lot of the kids are doing great, great work, and yeah, so, like, it was pretty cool, because, like, I, it it was inspiring to watch Jacob, and how hard he's worked, and how hard my wife has worked, because they recently got a building, you Mm -hmm. know, that the rise of a performing arts building. And it's just like, wow, like it's it's really cool. Like a hard work pays off thing. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's so great. And like for the fact that like he did all this during a pandemic, but he also was very tactful about it. Yeah. It, Cause like, and, and, I, and, I, and I will say this, like pe- there's a, a, a weird, like, you know, cloud when it comes to Florida, mm-hmm. but there are people out there who are taking it very seriously. and like and like he is someone who's taking the situation in the world right now Mm -hmm. very seriously Um, like like I see like the volunteers he has and I was like I I don't want to record them because like but I was like you should see how hard they're putting in work even Jacob the man that's running it the president the top guy after a show you should see them cleaning prepare like cleaning up and just keeping the space you know as clean as possible there are volunteers that come in like moms of like some of the, the young performers and like they're just all putting in work and I think that's just so cool like that this youth theater company is taking it so seriously and they they have an outlet and a great escape for these kids to come to for a couple hours to you know do theater which is like I will never like theater is something that really truly helped me as a per- person so I'm like it's great to see kids like get the theater bug there's something so cool yeah. about that
0: so if people want to check out more about the company or go support it um what's the best way for them to do that
1: you can visit um the website www.riseabovearts.com, you know.com. And um yeah, this like their Facebook page is live and uh, lively right now. Like they just opened um their final show of this season, which is the Little Mermaid to a Sold Out House, which is like having- Oh they did
0: it they did it in person?
1: Um they did it in person, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so- uh, what? Right. Riseabovearts.org, I mean, notcom.org. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, my wife was just giving me a side eye on the. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like um, they're they're doing it in person, but like, there's a lot of things they're doing. Like, they they um have these clear masks for the kids like mm-hmm. that perform, and there are a lot there. There's there's been like you know a big debate about if I could do masks on stage, but after a while when you watch it, you don't um, even notice them. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like I, I think Jacob even did his homework when it came to these masks. Cause like you, after a while when you're watching, you're like, I don't even notice it. Like, oh wow, cool. And like, they do, they do live streams and things like that. I know that's something that like, you know, they're still working on, but like they do live streams of things, mm-hmm. you know? And like, it's just, it's just like basically trying to find a way to keep shows alive. Like it's, and there's never even been like, in the, in the mm-hmm. houses, there's no, I don't even think there's ever been like more than like 75, 80 people in a mm-hmm. house for a sold yeah. house, which is very, you know, smart as well, so.
0: And I know you have a big production coming up that you've been working on for a while.
1: Yes, um, The Unpreakable Times. So this is a play, like I, I was saying earlier, that I've been working on for over 15 years. Mm-hmm. I, when the, the industry shut down, um, and like me and my wife were just kind of like, you know, sitting around waiting figuring out what's go, what what's gonna happen like i knew that like we were gonna come back but you know i think you actually everyone had that like oh man like what's what's it gonna be like you know yeah, um, yeah. i'm has, still
0: i'm still feeling that way for sure
1: yeah like you everyone has that feeling like oh man like is this gonna be are we gonna be okay but um like when i um i remember contacting my wife last year and it's like on the phone i was like let's just hit the road and i'll and I'll, she's like where do you want to go i was like let's just make a road trip like a 30 day 31 day road trip we hit up national parks we were all over the country and things like that and i remember like when i um during that time because like unbreakable times like a lot of great things were happening with it i was fortunate enough to um see an industry reading presented of it on broadway at the hudson theater for one night in their jessica lounge and then before that it was at the kennedy center's page to stage festival and then like a year before that we did a reading with the at the dixon place lounge and alex Brightman. Um, oh I the,
0: love like, Alex. Alex
1: Alex is great Alex is probably one of the nicest guys who gave me gave me some great advice with that play because I remember like it's a coming-of-age drama so he kind of knows that type of style and things like that because of like his Broadway debut in Glory Days <laughs> and, yeah, he, like, yeah. and like but like so like he gave me some great advice with it. he's like yeah just keep going with it though Kevin he's like no matter what keep going with it yeah. and um and like yeah so like when I was on that road trip I was like okay like and like when we had we had a couple of bites and people producers and stuff who were interested after the industry reading but then the pandemic hit literally like six months later pandemic um and um literally and um when that happened like they just started backing away and things like that um and it was it was it was really frustrating in a moment but like you know i just was like in that moment i was like okay
0: yeah
1: it you know i'm i can't even be mad at these people because no one really knows what's going on right. and things like that and um so in that moment i was like i'm gonna change my way of thinking i was like i kind of want just to create memories and things like that mm-hmm. and it was um, when i contacted jacob because i was like i'm looking at like you know the alumni pool I realized that we had a really good alumni pool. So yeah. I was like, okay, these kids are now around the age of performing in the show. And they really, I was like, let's just bring it to Rise Above Performing Arts. I was like, let's nice. make it this first, first professional production. I was like, let's pay the kids. Let's give them an idea of like long rehearsal processes. Cause they're still yeah. used to, some of them are still used to like the three hours a night type of thing. So mm-hmm. I was like, let's give them like a 10 to five. Let's do all that stuff. And I thought Jacob, cause of the pandemic and all that stuff, I, saw, I thought Jacob was going to say no and he was so cool about it and he was like yeah let's do it um and it was just so amazing and i was i'm so thankful for it and we we have a great cast that's a, a, a like attached to it and all that stuff and it was just it's just everything's just falling into place we're still trying to figure some logistics out with yeah. should we wear masks or should we not wear masks i don't when know when is it going up it's going up january 8 i mean not january sorry well, <laughs> June, June, 18th. and it's gonna be. It's gonna run two weekends. June eighteenth, and it closes the following weekend on the twenty seventh. Wow, things like that. So it's it's pretty exciting. These kids are exciting. Like, um, the cast is Jonah McKinley. He's gonna be playing the role of Brandon. Todd Bellamy, who's playing the role of um, Jake. Owen Demayo, who is just the rise above performing arts chameleon. Like wow. I tell everyone this, I was like, he. We've done. A lot of shows and he's played tony in west side store and he's also played the played lurch in the adams family oh, that's great yeah like he like and like i'm i was like it, it sounds crazy but he's literally played both roles mm-hmm. and um and he's got done playing um the lead in all shook up um chad so like yeah he's playing carl and then the two female female is in the show are isabella yoder who played the title role in carrie for their production of carrie that they did and um leah henry who just who's at her school right now, she's at Western Carolina. She, um, just, she's doing a production of Into the Woods directed by Hunter Foster. So that's wow. really, yeah. So like, it's a really solid cast and our understudies are really good. And it's, it's going to be a fun time. You do know? you
0: th- do you think this is something that with the developing original work and sort of adding a, like a professional arm to the company, is this something that you want to, you think that the theater might continue on with in the future?
1: I, I, I know it's like a summer professional production thing. Like I, I really hope they do. Mm-hmm. I, I think like it, it, one, it's a great way to get some of these alumni who are in college to come back, you know, yeah. and, like, just to like remind them of like, you know, we still, we still love you. You know, you're still a part of the family. Yeah. Like that. Cause I, I know like, um, and, it's, and it's not, and I, I don't think that like children, I mean like not youth companies do this on purpose, but like, I know that like sometimes right at, right when you graduate, right when the year 18 hits for you, you're like, okay, goodbye yeah I don't I don't don't want to speak for Jacob but I know he does not want that when it comes to like the kids that graduate he I think he wants there to be an energy of like listen the door's still open you're you're still always gonna be a part of the family Mm -hmm. and things like that and I think and I was just like thinking like you know how can we do that I get during the season you want to do like you know middle schoolers and high schoolers and you want to work with that demo for your shows but I was like why not just put like one show and I I I really hope we continue to do that i think jacob is more than open to doing that That's you crazy. know there's a lot of shows that like you know i think will be great with this talent in the future yeah. like maybe like a spring awakening yeah uh, this, uh, this is our youth an american idiot like things like that i can see this group of kids really doing great with those shows or, or even like you know older shows like a rent maybe one day yeah. when they get much older and things like that so
0: oh gosh rent is an old show <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't waiting I mean, for you to be like anything goes
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, mean, like, I literally like no I saw me and my friend um a friend Matt Matt like we saw like the up the like the newest tour of rent like yeah. we saw like the advertisement for it and we were like why do they look like babies oh. <laughs> I was like I was like am I getting old I was like is 35 old now and things like that so yeah <laughs> I think that's so wonderful that the company is
0: doing that because I know so many cases of people that grew up in wonderful youth programs. And then exactly what you said, like kind of at 18, or you're going to college, it's like, bye, unless you come back to teach, there's not really a place for you. And also the, the idea of the second somebody became equity, it was like, you can't ever perform here again. And sometimes like you can't perform in your hometown again. And I, I know there's such a, there's a need to bring really great theater outside of, you know, just, you know, like New York and Chicago and and down to the hometowns of everybody who started, yeah. who's doing theater. And there's a need for the communities, but I think there's also a big desire to, you know, kind of want to go home again and continue to perform and work with those people. And both with the way a lot of programs are set up and some challenges when you become a professional, I see that just being kind of cut
1: off at the roots so often. Yeah and like it's it's like and the thing about it's like i personally like thankfully for my mother who kind of had an idea of the theater industry and just personally yeah the opportunities that i was given when i was 18 19 20 years old like i know you can't expect anyone especially a person who's aspiring to be a working performer artist you can't expect them to have it all together by the time they're 18 or 19 you know yeah You you, you just cannot expect that and that's one thing i've learned i was like you just cannot you that that's a lot of pressure to put on so people who are simply still kids and like um I think like you know that's that's the one thing I applaud Jacob and Rise Above for is that like you know they're like okay like you know one it like when we do these shows these youth these um summer like professional theater shows like the the audience I mean like the group is gonna get smaller and it's gonna be more based more on people who really want to do this for a living, yeah. but you know they're still trying to figure it out. So it's cool to have like a little safe haven to come home and to do a show, a professional show, a different as- aspect at a theater that they're they're familiar with, you yeah. know things like that. Because like there's there's um a, a a Booker High School in that area, Sarasota area, which is a very well known performing arts program. You know they've had a couple of kids who have gone off to do films and things like that, and but it doesn't change the fact that like when you're done with them you're you can't go back you know things like that and like you know maybe kids you know they they want to get paid to do theater I'm like in there and like I in some kids like you know it's okay to let them like know like it's okay to get paid to do this you know you you know it's okay to be a professional it's okay to you know say I will only accept this role it's okay to like you know even be disappointed if you don't get cast in something. That's why I try to tell these kids, like, these things are okay. And, like, that's kind of what I want to teach these kids now at this, when they're at this level and things like that. Yeah.
0: Well, and I think getting paid to do work is really important on multiple levels because it's also teaching the responsibility of this is a job. And I don't mean that in a bad way at all. I mean, it's great. This is a job, but it's, and you know, but that also comes with, I mean, things that, that, that you know, we always try to instill regardless, but, you know, that means that you have a response. You have to show up on time. You have to do all of your work, that you have a commitment and responsibility to everybody else and that there are real world consequences for not following through with that, which is a lesson for anything you're going to do in life. Um,
1: And it's just like, yeah, it's just. No, I completely agree with all that. (laughs) Yeah, I can't even like, well, yeah, I completely agree with all that.
0: So I I wanted to ask you, um, being so involved in youth theater, and especially, you know, it sounds like your mom had a a really amazing company that you grew up in, and now you're involved with this wonderful company. There are so many stories out there. I know I've experienced things, I know probably most people have experienced things um, of challenges when they are youths in youth programs. I mean, a lot of things that, like, you know, on stage is reporting about, about, you know, sizism issues about, um, you know, people being (laughs) inappropriate when they're choreographing or directing, um, not always being as nice, um, saying things that are inappropriate. There's a lot of cases of, you know, people being inappropriate to um, racism and genderism and like, you know, all these terrible things that are happening in the professional world are definitely happening at a At very young ages as well. And I was wondering what advice you would give to people out there, either who are youths or parents looking to go into some of these programs or people who are running some of these programs of how to counteract some of these things that are such serious issues in our community that often start at such a young age, um, and an early level. Um,
1: It is this advice is easier is completely easier said than done. But the advice I would give is to speak up. Mm-hmm. Um, if something happens, you need to speak up. Um, if something if something legitimately happens, you need to go to someone you can trust, be it an adult or someone who you know will help you yeah. and speak up. All um, oh, the things that, that have been said to me throughout the years. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Uh, and, 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 and the thing about it is like, oh, how... The director has no time for me when they're doing Les Mis or Oklahoma but hey Kevin we're doing ragtime come to our show yeah things like that like it's just like oh it, it, it's happened so many times so and like it, it's like summer stocks like you know the the PTSD I have from some of these summer stocks I've done which is like the, the cat the actors and the and the teacher and like you know the directors who are coming in to help and things like that I there are some things that I have witnessed, you know, that I don't like, you know, I don't feel I'm privy to like discuss because it happened to other people. Like, I think there was one incident that happened that I witnessed with like a young performer. Mm
0: -hmm. And I
1: think that this is the reason why this performer doesn't really want to perform anymore. They still do it, but I don't, I think this incident is the reason why they kind of were like, I wanna do other things or they just kind of lost interest. It might be because they grew up and you know, when you grow up, you're you're into other things. But like, I think this is the thing that triggered it and what started like that slippery slope of not being interested in theater the way they were. Um, I will tell an incident, like I was talking about my school I went to um, mm-hmm. and I did Oliver and I remember when you're 15, I was a sponge. I was just, I, I had, I loved the theater. I was a part of it, but I officially got the theater bug when I, when I was like 17, 18. That's why I was like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. Yeah. And I remember going up to the director and just trying to ask a question of like how, pretty much the question I was asked is like, how can I get better? yeah I was like I would love (laughs) this is ironic now but (laughs) I would love to um play I told her told them, I was like I would love to play the role of like Bill Sykes one day or something in Oliver Mm -hmm. and um I remember they said to me it was like the director and the music director they're like Kevin to be completely honest you're probably not going to have a career in this but you know continue to like no continue to have fun and stuff like you know you might learn something from this (laughs) I look I look back at it so mad (laughs) It, it happens. So I look back at it, but it also like you know, it felt good to like reject them when they asked me to teach a master class a couple of years ago. So yeah, like, yeah, it, yeah. Felt, it felt so good to say no to them then. But um, yeah. like I look back at, it, I remember driving home in my Pontiac Grand Prix, if anyone remembers those cars, <laughs> and like just being devastated and sad. But I remember waking up the next day and being held, just going back to rehearsal, mm-hmm. and, and and the thing about it is like I remember that experience because two good things happened to me in that experience. And this may, but like, and they both happened based off of me becoming hell-bent on proving people wrong. Yeah. And I was hell-bent on proving them wrong. I became focused and determined. I tried to do as much theater as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. I did theater as, like if I was not in the show, I was in rehearsals for a show. That's how like my early twenties were in that area. I just did community theater. If I got into a professional show, grade, If I got into a children's show, grade, I did not care what level it was, I was just gonna be in a show, constantly working to make myself better. Cause I was like, all right, these people already, like I'm 18 and they've already written me off. Like, I'm not gonna have a career. So like, you know, why would I remain loyal to them? You know, I'm like, I'm gonna go to school and I'm gonna learn. But I was like, why just say I will only do shows here? You know? And the one thing I'll give them is that they never like, really like you can't do anything shows elsewhere, which is, I kind of appreciate it. Yeah. Like DC has a very big theater community. Yeah. So I was hell bent on that, but at the same time, and I tell my kids this: I was. I don't recommend anybody going about their career this way. Yeah, um, and, the, and the reason why is because I was very focused, I was very one track minded and very focused. I and I it basically stunted my growth mentally with a lot of things that you just have to like learn as an adult. It's basically how to deal with things, how to handle things like an adult, how to deal with conflict and things like that. And I'll be honest, and, I, and I'll say this, I'll be honest, like, w- when I went and auditioned for stuff and started getting cast, a lot of things, it did get to my head. Because it was kind of like, all right, well, look at me, I'm doing all this stuff. And like, you know, you said I wasn't going to have a career. So wow. like, it, it it did get to my head a little bit. and I'm And I'm like... I look back at it, I knew that like, I eventually transformed myself into a person that probably was not easy to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, like a person who just didn't really know how to deal with things, a young man who didn't know how to deal with things. And like, I said, not too long ago, I was like, one of my favorite movies of all time is Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. And the, when, when Red at the end of the um, movie was like, I wish I can go back to my younger self and like, you know, try to give him some advice and knock some sense mm-hmm. into him. The advice I try to, I would love to go back and give my, my um, younger self, my 19 year old self is like, slow down. Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. Do not let one person dictate how you go about your career and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I'm, but in that moment though, like, you know, like I said, I'm always going to be thankful for them to say that to me. And just basically not think much of me because it made me, it it gave me an idea of how this business can be. And I'm not saying that that, this is a good thing in the business and I'm not saying like, but I was like, it gave me an idea that there's going to be some people who love you as a performer Mm-hmm. and there's going to be some people who just don't think much of you as a performer. Yeah. And, and that, that's, just, that's just literally how it is. And like, also like, I look at it, I look at it as a situation as like, I auditioned for um, a summer production of Tuck Everlasting, which was like, you know, volunteer. Yeah.
0: And
1: the same day, like, and this was like two years ago, the same day I didn't get cast in that, I got offered the chance to be a standby in Porgy and Best at the Metropolitan right. Office. Nice. You know, so so is it that that it is, it is like it's amazing how the industry can work. So like there are some people who just are not interested, and then there are some people are like yeah, come work with us. It just literally is this, you know, like it, not even like a flip of a coin, but it just depends on the situation, you know. So yeah, like there are a there are a lot of people. I, there are a lot of things I've witnessed. There are a lot of things that I've heard people have said, mm-hmm. um, that just you know baffle me. I think as a black artist in this industry, I think um it is, it can it can be tough sometimes, you know, to not like you know live like you know a little paranoid. Mm-hmm. But like you know like at the same time like you know there are a lot of good people in this industry. Yeah. But like you know like the the advice I would say to people is just like when it comes down to it, if you see something going ro- going wrong, if you see something that's like that's really bad, you need to speak up. And I'm just going to openly say this because, like, you know, we're on stage blog and I can say no. this. There was there was an incident that happened when I in the area where Rise Above Performing Arts is, where there was a choreographer going around saying to people that she that they only wanted the Wickersham's in the in a production of Seussical to be ethnic, the, the ethnic kids. Mm-hmm. but. The, anybody who doesn't know codes, the Wickershams are the troublemaking monkeys.
0: Right. Yeah. And they only
1: wanted Exactly. And they only wanted the ethnic kids to do it. And <sighs> I remember that pissing me off. Yeah. And I remember going to the powers that be at this organization. And they, to their respect, they were like, whoa, we yeah. whoa, definitely not. Yeah, not yeah. It was they were like, Death, no. This person was like, never did I, no, not at all, Kevin. I was like, okay, good, and I was like, and it was just that simple. It's like it doesn't mean that you need to like, you know, grab your pitchforks and like burn everything down. It's just like there are times where you just like need to speak up, like, hey, listen, just let you know. I mean, I've heard from multiple sources that this is going down. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean.
0: Well, and I love what you said about um, as you got older, realizing you know that there's there's always other opportunities and there's always other things and there's different people with different opinions because I think something that's so challenging when you're young and it's not just in arts training, it's, you know, the way our school systems are and everything is we're so trained that we need to please the person in charge in order for X, Y, and Z good things to happen. Um, that, you know, if somebody thinks we can't do a certain role or we have to do X, Y, and Z to get that role that like we have to do it and we have to be obedient and we have to listen. And it's, I think it's also tricky because there are, A lot of those traits that can be positive and are good things that we do need to learn in the theater, like how to collaborate, how to listen to and respect somebody that's in charge, how to um, follow instructions to the best of our ability, but Mm -hmm. those can also be turned to really negative traits very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it can be really scary to speak up because there's that idea of, you know, if I speak up, I'm the problem one. This person's not going to like me anymore. I'm not going to get cast. I'm not being a team player, And it can sometimes take years and years and years to realize that that's, you know, not necessarily the case. So I'm I'm very glad that you, that you shared that. And I think it's something that hopefully young people can start realizing at an earlier age than, than maybe we did. Yeah. (laughs) It's just
1: just like, it's amazing. And like the thing about us, like, there's going to be, there's going to be those people. It's happened to me on a number of occasions. And I, and I, and anyone who listens to this, I just want you to hear me when I say this. If you do speak up once or twice, there's going to be those people who are like, you don't know the people I know, your career right. is done, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And I, I want everyone, whoever speaks up and this happens to them, I want you to like go wait five years and see where this person is. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that this for people who speak like that are not in, even in the business anymore. Yeah. Every time that's happened to me, I look at them now and the, the, the people who have tried to threaten me, the people who have tried to tell me certain things about my career, they're not even in the theater business anymore. And it, not, it might not even be because of their attitude or anything. It might just be like, you know, they just, just chose to do something else. But like people, anyone who says you don't know the people I know yeah. are the people who don't know anyone and don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if they instantly go to the, you don't know the people I know in the theater business, that those are the people that, that you don't need to worry about. <laughs> like you'll be fine, so.
0: And what advice would you give to the teachers and educators um, to create as inclusive and open and supportive and loving of an environment as possible for the students that they're working with?
1: I, um, I mean, I think the one thing I've learned from um, Rise Above and just things like that is that like, you just got to remember that not every situation is the same mm-hmm. um, when it comes to kids. Like um, there, there are some kids... And I, and like, I don't think who do have privilege, who do have like, you know, they don't have to financially worry about things, but then there are those kids, you know, that's not the case. So like, you just got to remember, like, you know, and the one thing that me and my wife always say is like, you know, when it comes to certain situations, it's case by case. So, and I was, and like, I respect how, like, you know, while they may handle a situation with a kid this way, you may not, you probably cannot do that with the next kid. You know, Mm -hmm. even if the even if like what they've done, or even if the situation's kind of same, you still got to handle it in a different way.
0: Yeah.
1: And you know, there's gonna be like times where, you know, like you you know some kids deserve a certain level of tough love, but like you got to like determine how that tough love is going to be. Yeah. There you know there might be a time where you know, because I mean like in some ways like I need to be humbled when I was younger. I remember like not getting cast one time, and like that was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Mm -hmm. Maybe that might be the thing. Like you know, listen we're not going to cash you but do you want to come work tech do you want to come do this and if if that kid says yes then like all right you know like second chances are something that you know a lot of people don't really like to give in this industry but when it comes to working with youth theater you it's it's very essential that you give second chances you do not want to write off kids like even even like if ones no matter how mean they are no matter what they say about you no matter what they've said about you on social media, you don't want to completely 100% write a kid kid off. Mm -hmm. Because you, yes, you may have an idea of their situation, but you don't, you sometimes don't know the full story, you know, things like that. And like, you know, also the advice I would tell teachers and stuff like that is that you need to like, definitely when you talk to kids who, especially if they want to really get into theater, you need to like warn them and then warn them again and then warn them again. That if you want, if you want, if you ask me a question, you cannot be mad with the answer.
0: Right, especially, valid.
1: Especially in theater, you. I'm like, especially in theater, like, like you cannot. It's not about being miserable, or being blunt, and things like that. But you cannot sugarcoat artists. You cannot do that. That's the worst thing I think you can do to artists. Like you know, like you. That's kind of like, you. You can't like. There's certain things you can't do. Like and like. So how was that performance? I'm not gonna say it was terrible but maybe these are some things you should work on. Right. If, if, if kids are not prepared to hear that, then they they need to like just not ask the question and like you need to like teachers should just remind them like if you don't want to hear the answer yeah. don't ask the question
0: i'm thinking about that scene in that movie stick it which i really love about the gymnastics world where the the head of the gymnastics school is getting all his students by getting the parents in one by one and saying like your child is definitely going to the olympics like yeah. i just and so he he's and he ends up with like a school full of like 30 or 40 kids that all believe that they're on track to like leave the <laughs> Olympic team and at some point he kind of has to like face the reality of like I maybe just said that so that you would sign up for school no, and the mom, parents are all really angry
1: my <laughs> wife loves Yeah, yeah. No, she, showed me, she showed me that movie so I know exactly what you're talking about like that movie. it's like it's, and it's like but also like I think of like um I, I think that, like, you know, you just, like, also the one thing that you gotta remind kids, and, like, there's, there's, a, there's, there's some kids that you just need to remind them, like, you know, you're good and things like that. And I'm like, I remember, like, telling one kid at Rise Above, like, cause, like, you know, there are some kids who just have the confidence issues and things like that. And I remember yeah. saying to this kid, um, the time before I was out there, like, a couple months back, like, many months back, I was like, I was like, Jacob has been saying this, Rachel has been saying this, Joy, like, the resident music director, Mr. Yeah. Baker, all these people have been saying that you're talented yeah why, and I was like listen wh- I've been around for five years why will we be lying? what what do you think we we would have to lie to you for five years about this right and I, and I think like in that moment they were like they just laughed about it I was like why would I lie to you for five years that you're good I yeah. was like, you know because like there's some kids who just don't have confidence issues they're like you did a good job and they think weirdly yeah. think that that's the opposite of what you meant but I'm like right. why would I like, Jacob's not in, at his house in a big throne laughing, like, my plan's working out. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jacob's this nice man who, who like, who likes to do theater. I'm like, why would he lie to you? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. what reason would he have? And I, I remember, like, saying that to them. And they just, like, laughed and smiled it off. I was like, okay, so you're getting it. Like, you're good, okay. girl. Like, when we, when you're giving notes, it doesn't mean that you're bad. It's just, like, this we're, we're fine-tuning it to make things better, yeah. you know? So.
0: And what are you thinking about looking toward the reopening and how are you cuz cuz it it sounds like you have a season where you're going to be some of the first shows that are going up chronologically in terms of reopening so what are what are what are you nervous about what are you excited about what are your plans for doing this safely um what advice would you give to other theater companies that are sort of a little nervous about the future of how we how we go about this
1: i the first advice i would give theaters is um, please stop looking at New York based on, like, with how you're going to go about your mm-hmm. theater. Yeah, New York and regional theater are completely two different outlets. Yeah. Like, New York is, at the end of the day, it is, like, tourist-based and things like that. Like, it, there, it's a beautiful, flourishing arts community, but you can't base how you're going to go about your your company based on how New York is gonna go about their stuff. Yeah. That's the first advice. Cause I've noticed a lot of companies doing that. Second, um, when it comes to regional companies, like, you know, I, and I've been, and I said this to like a guy that I've worked with at Myers Dinner Theater where I'm doing Oliver and Jeremy mm-hmm. Little John. And I, and I think we kind of have like the same theory, like same, like, you know, belief on it, which is like, there's really not a wrong decision right now. Yeah. And what I mean by that is like, if as an artist, I don't feel comfortable doing COVID. Okay. I respect that as an artist, you know what? I know that we're in a pandemic, but I, you know, you, I, I gotta like, I'm not going to take my chances. I'm not going to, I'm going to be very as protective as I can, but I want to perform. Okay. You know, like, I think, um, like when it comes down to like companies, be respectful to that. Don't at this point, like, you know, like if, if you, if actors do back out, like you know, I I would say like maybe give like in a contract or if you have that like give us this deadline of if you don't feel comfortable doing this and if you yeah. don't it's completely fine. The one thing I will give Jacob and Jeremy and other people like that I've worked with they're like it's if you don't it's completely cool. Yeah. Yes, on the creative side because my wife like choreographs a lot of the shows it can I'm pretty sure spacing and that can get very frustrating and I, I I can only imagine what that must feel like. But in the grand scheme of it though, you kind of want people to feel safe. So I was like, if you don't feel safe doing it, it's all good. Don't hold it against them. You know, there's there now there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And when it comes down to it, just know that like, you know, a lot of the shows will probably be intimate. You know, it's gonna probably be an intimate feeling. Like, you know, ignore the negative people Mm -hmm. there there are going to be a lot of people who just there 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 are a lot of people who just like to pick fights and that's that's just what it is and the one thing and i remember like um i I wrote like there are people who like to pick fights with chris i've seen it and you've seen it it's it's annoying like to the point where chris is such a good dude like it makes me mad sometimes but i'm also like you know saying like you know with this i'm like if you're gonna be nasty and rude to a theater company then like don't try to come back and get a job with them six months later if yeah. you're mad, if you're mad at what Chris is, if you're mad that Chris is calling someone out or Chris is like, you know, talking about a certain situation that's happening, yeah. don't try to contact him five months later when, you know, something happens to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm like, don't, don't like, well, oh, I'm mad at Chris for doing this, but hey, Chris, this just happened to me at this theater. Can you help me? Like, don't, yeah. don't do that. You know what I mean? It's like, so it's like, you know, this. When it comes down to it, like theater companies, there's going to be a lot of people who have like issues with you trying to work, yeah. but just make it, just try, find a way to make it work, keep it as safe as possible. Yeah. And like the thing about like with companies, like like I, I try to like defend certain companies because like you'd be surprised how hard people are working to make sure that this entity works. Like yeah. all the volunteer moms, like I said, they come in, they clean everything. They're cleaning down chairs. They're yeah. putting in work, Ashley. Like, these, these people yeah. are putting it in work to the point, I'm just like, you know, I'm like, New York, maybe you should take notes of some of these yeah. regional movies. You yeah, know sure. Like, you know, like, like, you know, New York is a location. It is not like, it is a great location for theater and it is the most money spent for theater. But, you know, you have to remember that it is just a location, but like, maybe they should like go, So maybe some people should reach out to Jacob Roscoe, maybe some, some of these producers should reach out to, you know, Jeremy Littledown. I'm like, so how did you do it? You know, because I'm like, you have. Yeah. You have millions and millions of dollars, but you couldn't come up with one plan on how to do safe theater.
0: Well, and I think, I think sometimes it's a mentality of, I hear a lot of conversations about, oh, what are we going to be able to sort of get away with? Like, are we going to have to do this? Are we going to have to do that? And it sounds like your company has the opposite mentality of like, what can we all do to make this as safe as possible and yeah. really be in this together? Um, and that, that is a wonderful, wonderful thing
1: and it's just like i'm not even like trying to um because at the end of the day like i'm not even trying to like praise this dude be- just because he's putting my show up <laughs> um, but like, like and jacob jacob russell and i even if he read like he listens to this he'll probably do like we probably don't see eye to eye on things mm-hmm. but the one thing like i will definitely save with him is because he's also a father you know he has he has a son and a daughter so like safety is first you know and like he, and he's like and he's like guys even like you know i don't even with like certain things like the mask and stuff like that like I you know sometimes you got to put your your teacher foot down like guys I don't care if you, you're not comfortable yeah. with it if you want to do it you got to wear the mask yeah things like, that. like he just like that that's what I will definitely give him out of everything is that it is about safety and like but he's also like one of those people which I agree with I was like I don't think you just need to completely shut it down mm-hmm. there has to be a way to make this make this happen yeah. you know I'm like I, I was like it may not there may be like you know some Some potholes in the road along the way, where like you know the government, like we gotta stop. Okay, well we gotta stop. But like there's there's has to be like a you know a a plan. You know what I mean? And like both of these, like Jacob always has a plan. He doesn't tell everyone all the time, but he always, (laughs) you know.
0: Well, as we start wrapping up, first of all, thank you again so much for being on today. Um, Mm -hmm. Is there anything that you would like to plug, share? How can people? Um, virtually stalk you, <laughs> um learn more information and about your show and all that. What what information can you give us?
1: Okay, well it, it is it is um I made a I made a mistake earlier. If any information you would like to know about the play The Unpredictable Times, it is riseabovearts.com. Like <laughs> it is that and like also like um the unpredictable the unpredictable times um if you just look at on, on Facebook, there's an official Facebook page that like pretty much keeps you updated with everything that's going on. Um when it comes to my like me personally as an artist, you can find me on Facebook as well as um facebook.com backslash Kevin Ray Actor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like when it comes to like you know my on stage stage blog series, just like you know, go go to onstage blog, check out the profiles page and like you'll probably see like me or me or Joe's <laughs> post on the page. And wow. like yeah, definitely keep up with that because like I it's one of the most fun things that I'm thankful for that. So awesome. Yeah.
0: And everybody go check out this wonderful theater company, support them, support your local youth theaters. Cause you know, especially coming out of COVID um, they all need some love and support. Um, and I feel like most people listening to this have been involved in youth theater in some capacity so you know let's go back to our roots a little bit and so kevin thank you so much for being on with me thank you so much for all your wonderful contributions and i can't wait to hear more about the show and break a leg i know it's going to be fantastic (laughs) and keep me posted on all the wonderful things that you're doing
1: appreciate it thank you so much for this um, podcast keep it going
0: thank you